0: Welcome to Reptile Fight Club. Thanks for joining us. I guess hopefully my brain shows up at some point in this podcast. But uh, I'm Justin and here is Chuck. What is up, hey, Mr. Hey. Chuck?
1: Hey, hello. Oh, hello. Hey, hello. how you doing? <laughs> hey,
0: hey. You got yeah, my
1: brain's right. not here today either. No, I'm Adam super Sandler tired. Yeah. yeah, it was a long day today. <laughs>
0: yeah. Huh. That's uh, the way some days go, right? Yeah. Well, looking forward to my bed. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll wake up a little bit to fight. You know, get that ire, get your dander up, yeah. The, get the adrenaline flowing. <sighs> well, it has been a week. That's for sure. It's uh, already Thursday, which is kind of nice. Yeah, we're we're headed up into the mountains for the weekend, so that should be nice.
1: You are doing that Friday after work?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or before like half day
1: what's what's what is a weekend in the mountains is that camping right now is that skiing right now what the hell is going on
0: <laughs> it's definitely not skiing right now okay but uh okay. yeah we, unless you go up really really high and then you're yeah. on the ice or something but um we're, we're going up to visit my parents. They're up at a camp, a girls' camp. So there's like gotcha. cabins and stuff. So it's not going to be roughing it too much. But only Heidi and my youngest daughter are coming. So it'll be mm. for for our family anyway. And then my sister and her. husband. Are
1: you staying in the these in said cabins, or are you yeah. staying in a? T- oh wow,
0: what the in cabins. So it's kind of yeah glamping, I guess. It's very unjulender of julander. Yeah, exactly. But my parents are uh, over the lake, so we'll be down at the lake, you know, hanging nice. out there, doing some paddling around the lake or something. That sounds fun. Yeah, it should be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been been a cool week here. It kind of chilled out. The rain started. Um, went out and did a little herping, found some amphibians, which is a little, little different. Found a, a tiger salamander on the road cool um, probably half a dozen or more uh northern leopard frogs so yeah a couple fun uh well we went what two nights ago me and my daughter uh summer, mm-hmm. so it's a good time yeah nice nice yeah. i bet she was stoked yeah it was pretty fun except it was kind of raining a little bit so she'd all come right. out and see you, and then she'd run back and look really? like
1: all right i'm over it like well, yep
0: By the third or fourth leopard frog, I'm out there taking pictures. She's like, "Uh, do you care if I wait in the car? I'm like, no, no, go for it. So,
1: yeah. It's not like that hasn't happened to you before. Yeah, for sure.
0: (laughs) Unfortunately, if you got hit by cars and stuff. Right. I guess that's the way it goes sometimes. That's the downside of uh, road cruising. (laughs) Yeah, there was a big old northern leopard frog that had been hit, unfortunately. But it was a huge specimen, so... Yeah, pretty crazy. At least I'm pretty sure it was a—I didn't, like, turn it up. It was belly up on the road, so right. I guess it potentially could have been an invasive bullfrog, but it looked looked leopard froggy. So, I don't know. It was fun to see that tiger salamander, though. It was a really nice one, really uh, yellow. A lot pretty. of yellow on it. So, yeah. yeah. That's kind of rare up here. They're usually kind of olive green and black, <laughs> you know. Not super. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's yeah. super flashy, but this one yeah. Was, really flashy so yeah it's always fun yeah cool yeah what else is going on i i made a kind of a fun observation and apparently you know others have seen this before so it's not groundbreaking or anything but i thought it was hilarious so these uh baby hosmeri you know the the um, hosmer's spiny-tailed skinks um when they come up on a cricket or you know they're, they're gonna pounce on they hold up a hand like kind of above their body, like distracting it. Kind of like when you're trying to catch a lizard and you distract mm-hmm. with one hand and swoop in with the other.
1: Mm-hmm. They distract
0: it with one hand and then bite it. It's it's really pretty funny and uh, crazy looking, but I need That's to get funny. a video of it. So I'll try to try to get that up on my YouTube page one of these days if I can record it. Um, I usually throw the crickets in there and go, oh crap! I was going to record that, you know. So I've hmm. I've seen yeah. it three or four times, and some people said they saw their adults doing it and kind of, but they wouldn't grab the cricket. They'd kind of te- it was like they were teaching the babies or something. But hmm. I separated the babies from their parents, uh, mm-hmm. so they're in the neighboring cage, but.
1: So are you teaching them now? Are you? I'm, like, I'm
0: the one teaching them, yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> hand above the cricket. Yeah. Like, check that's this out. My daughter said, they're like, that's what you do when you catch a lizard. I'm like, well, that's it. when I try to catch a lizard, I'm uh, a little slow these days. But, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm pretty slow. But what do you do? You'd yeah, I went down. The, you'd still
1: chase a parenti if you had to, oh, wouldn't you?
0: Definitely, definitely. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Hope that's I, right. get the I know. I see.
1: see. <laughs> I know how to motivate Julinder Oh yeah. And just I know how to get your competitive spirit into yeah. gear.
0: Yeah, I've been uh, <laughs> been riding my bike a little more. I've been nice to work and to work and back. Yeah, about you know maybe eighteen miles round trip, so not too bad. And then that's pretty good. Yeah and then uh there's there's a lot of hills between my house and work mm-hmm. too so you got to go up to get to get to work but yeah I found the path of least resistance or the most gradual hills I guess but it's still there you go. It's still a bear you still
1: Yeah bear. for sure it's not going to be uh not going to be easy in your neck of the woods
0: for sure yeah but yeah it's uh hopefully I can get into shape and be able to chase some pranti soon <laughs> Um, I feel like you probably could chase some Parentes. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I haven't ran for a while, so you know I could swim after a yeah. uh water monitor or something.
1: You, you feel like your swimming? Your swimming endurance is still. Yeah, uh, it's it's all right. It's decent. it's all right. Like what is yeah. that?
0: I mean, That's I could go a couple thousand yards without really getting too. Ah, then you your cardio is good, man. It's all right. I, it, I running and swimming I found it uh, take different <laughs> mm-hmm. different uh, breathing and, and I find different muscles I find and, swimming
1: much harder for me. Yeah. Um I it think takes most much I mean I can do. swim but it takes yeah. I like by the end I'm dead man like because mm-hmm. I don't like train yeah. my cardio that way but you know yeah, put me on actually, a machine and I can like motor, at, you know motor my way through it you know.
0: Uh-huh. Think I think uh you know, the better technique you have, the work you know, the longer you have to go and the more you have yeah. to swim to get much work out if you have lesser uh skill, I guess, in the pool. But yeah, it's the well, way it goes, I suppose. I never seem yeah. to have skill in the pool, so but I I just don't want this uh, inner tube around my middle anymore. <laughs> but that that proves to be very difficult. And I like I like to eat. I like my food, I like my treats, so yeah, it's a it's a pretty fair trade. I don't know. I'm not obese by any stretch, but I'm not I'm not skinny. <laughs> I've seen some pictures of like probably maybe eight years ago or something. When <laughs> the I was last time I went into
1: my doctor, he was like, "Mr. Poland, you're obese."
0: I'm like, Fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny how easy it is to fit in that category after yeah. forty.
1: <laughs> I mean, I got I'm like down to one eighty now, and my yeah. BMI is like twenty five point something, which is like in the range for my age.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: and you know, I feel like I'm my body type's pretty typical, so the BMI probably applies. So maybe I fit into that. I don't think in general BMI is a good indicator of stuff, just because sure. people are so yeah. different and. Yeah, it's kind of a whack way to measure shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but I mean, I guess if there's a marker of like trying to be in the middle of the road uh, for my age, I'm I'm checking the box, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah.
0: Well, here we go. Talking about old people stuff again. I think we spent a lot of of time on that last week. (laughs) Sorry, listeners. Uh, I'm sure geriatric young and <laughs> geriatric reptile fight club. Yeah, They're like, get through this nonsense and talk about yeah. reptiles. But anyway, yeah, I, I went down uh, to kind of central, well, I guess a couple, couple hours South of me. Um, and then kind of out in the West desert, you know, out by the what salt Lake, out by the salt flats, that kind of area. Um, just maybe South of the salt flats um, where they do the racing, you know, in Utah. Yeah. Um, and it was really hot and dry. I went down mainly because one of my buddies was in from Texas. So I went to hang out with him. And so, yeah. you know, uh Anson, we had him uh-huh, on uh-huh, uh-huh, the podcast uh-huh. at the reptile show. But his brother, his uh, older Got brother, uh, was out visiting his kids who lived down in uh Provo area. So picked him up. We went out in the West Desert. There was a, a toad migration uh, out yeah. there. I was hoping to kind of catch the tail end of that. But it was in the news, and it was probably reported, you know, few days after it like, yeah, yeah and then, you missed and then i got there a few days after yeah. the story and so it was like yeah i didn't see any toads saw a couple of lizards that was about it we didn't you know did a hike he's he's not from a you know texas isn't very mountainous where he you know yeah. dallas area so he was you know awestruck by the mountains and stuff it's it's pretty fun to yeah. see somebody get excited about your home state but yeah yeah um but yeah it was fun to fun to hang out anyway and Get out there but yeah a little too hot and dry for yeah. much activity especially early on and then i had to wake up at like four to go pick up my daughters in idaho so i think i rolled in about 1 a.m because i had that two two and a half hour drive after i dropped off my buddy so you know it was uh not much sleep last weekend and uh but yeah it's fun to fun to hang out my with my friend so Cool. Have an excuse to get out and hurt, you know, just yeah. even if it's a little slow. <laughs> I thought we'd see at least, you know, a snake or two on the road. But, and now it's raining, so down there might be much better for, like, milk snakes and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's raining hard, though. Man, it downpoured here. It was pretty crazy yeah Utah you don't get much rain it's it's in not the really summertime it's not yeah especially in the summer I mean once in a while but it's usually just a sprinkle like uh-huh. most Utahns don't own an umbrella or yeah. they carry around an umbrella or anything so yeah we're we're not really a rainy state but yeah. we, we get most of our precipitation in the form of snow so um, it's been kind of nice you know having a little break in the yeah. you know 90 plus degree uh, days and
1: do you uh, feel like though that, uh, is it humid? Is um, yeah, it gets,
0: gets it a little get more humid, humid, but not, not a ton. I mean, yeah. when it rains, it does, but other than that, it's pretty. We've humid. been having a
1: lot of more humidities in our have summers it? than, yeah, it used to be a lot drier out here, but it seems like the past, like, at least three or four summers, like, we have mm-hmm. this period where just the humidity is just like not normal for this area. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's our new normal. Who knows? Yeah
0: well uh we we did uh schedule some really great guests for our next uh recording we did doing? we do did. tell justin well i'm not gonna tell this is a teaser what? this is not a tell all this is tease a tease me then right justin tease I, me. I, tell, I told you i wrote you a message but you probably didn't look at it or something listen like this is for
1: theater <laughs> you're supposed to go along with <laughs> it tease oh, me oh.
0: justin I am teasing you, yeah, but they're gonna. It's it's gonna be a good one. So, if you know, hopefully, it happens. One of the one of the guests was a little on the fence. We were trying to goad him into coming on, and that didn't work. He's not being goaded. And then, right. uh, no. <laughs> and then, uh, I guess he was able to be talked into it by the other guests. So nice. should be a, should be a fun one, but some, uh, fun, fun characters for sure. <laughs> we'll leave it at that and let let you guys guess who it is, but excited for that. Um, I think we're going to take next week off, but I, I don't know, maybe I'll record something at carpet fest. That'd be kind of mm-hmm. fun when it won't be the same without you. So, you know, Dang, just go book get a ticket, it. get yeah, out of yeah. You know?
1: No, I don't think that's going to, it's just it's totally cutting loose at work. So yeah, it's not, yeah.
0: not working. it's understandable, but yeah. yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to get out there. My, uh, t sh- my, uh, carpet fest shirt came yesterday. Came so. already. Nice. Well, you know, when is what, but, um, right you now it's, uh, now it's here and there, my, my green diamond Python shirt. So Ooh. <laughs> sorry, Eric, it's, it's pretty, are you gonna, cool. are you gonna, <laughs> it's cool looking. Yeah.
1: Are you going to run up and shove money in Eric's face and be like, hey, can I get my shirt now? Oh, can no. I'm going to be
0: very indignant. Like, where is my shirt? Sure. Yeah. I have arrived. Please shirt me. I'm going to come shirtless. <laughs> just, to, <laughs> just to rub it. Like, oh, and you promised me a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Mack and Wookiee shower me with grapes. <laughs> you. Bring Bert, me my
1: shirt? <laughs> where's my shirt?
0: <laughs> oh boy, that's that's what they think I'm. Optimistic. I don't know that the podfather. Ask one question. Any of that. Yeah,
1: I, I heard one. <sighs> I heard one carpet head jumping off your roof, totally uh, cinched the game there. Eric's, uh, Eric said Defcon one at Carpet Fest. <laughs> oh now,
0: yeah, so. pretty soon it's going to be like everybody rolls up in the. Um, Hannibal Lecter style. Yeah. You know. that's right.
1: That's right. Straight jacketed
0: with the <laughs> with yep. the wheel, the with, uh, little dolly, the dirty spit <laughs> mask, and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. That's how we need to sure. wheel wheel in Owen to carpet Vest <laughs> Brought to you by
1: Mutton Restraint Gloves.
0: <laughs> mutton restraints. When you're afraid your friend might be a cannibal, use mutton restraints. <laughs> Uh, I think strongest about, on the market, I, I don't know if I've talked about that story on here or not. Maybe we have. But yeah, when we were flying to Darwin, um there was maybe some turbulence or something. But Nick looked over at me and Peter Birch and said, you know, if this plane goes down, I am prepared to eat you. <laughs> I'm like, well, First, you'd have to catch us, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know why you assume you're going to be the one that comes out on top in a cannibalistic struggle. <laughs> like I can run pretty good. <laughs> you might, you might have the you know the the bulk on me, but <laughs> yeah, well, that was funny. So we, you know, and then. I was filming something, you know, filming a night tiger, and in the background you hear uh, mutton letting loose with a little flatulence, and so we called him the f- the farting cannibal after that. But, oh my god, old uh, oh, Nick, that was that was pretty good good times. But That's awesome. That was a that was kind of a scary trip. He he almost didn't make it back from that one, not just because he let his ice cream fly into uh, Mark Spitaro's Mark's face, face. yeah. But uh, he, he got a little close to the edge of the water with uh, a lot of crocodiles <laughs> concentrated in one area. We almost didn't come home with Nick. So, But he, he listened in time to get away from the water's edge when something looked like something big was coming towards him. So. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. You know, I just didn't want to have to call his wife at the time and say, your husband's uh, not coming back. He gave a nice meal to a croc. But. Luckily, he heeded our yelling and ran back up the hillside and was not eaten by a crocodile in front of us, which was very good. We didn't want to be one of those, you know, statistical idiot tourist, you know, stories that they tend to have over there. I
1: think you would have definitely been one of those statistical idiot stories.
0: I I am a statistical (laughs) idiot, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way it goes. But, uh I'm excited to get back over to Australia. That's good, ah. good times. Good times. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I looked at tickets today. They're not too bad. They're in the, coming down eleven hundred dollar range, which is hmm. you know from LAX. So yeah, which you know it's pretty close to where you are. <laughs> yeah. Or I imagine San San Diego is are flights cheap from San Diego as well, or is it just mainly LAX? Well what do you mean? Like I
1: don't so know, like if
0: I if I try to book a ticket from Salt Lake to mm-hmm. Australia, it's like five hundred dollars more. But I can buy a ticket to LA and back for a hundred, you know, round trip. So I don't know how much different in it.
1: price it is, but I know that LAX just flies to different areas. Yeah. I mean they, they fly, yeah. you know, they're they're international. Yeah. They're, uh, mm-hmm. they're they're more international, they have different routes than um, San Diego does for yeah. you know, but but I don't know. For all the flying I've ever done, I've all, always done it out of Lindbergh Field, so I've never really had to mess with LAX because
0: mm-hmm. it's a shit show up there. Yeah, yeah, it's not fun. But no, uh, it's not. I don't know. I it's been a little while. So I guess we did we fly out of there? no, we didn't go out there uh, for France. We flew France flew direct over there or something. Mount Lan- we went through. Like, you had
1: French things. people come and pick you up and take you because <laughs> that is the only way to come into France. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I don't know why I sound uh, like that. <laughs> that was pretty pretty good for French. Pretty friends, good. Yeah. Pretty
0: Pierre. Good. Pierre is here. Pierre is here. Pierre, Pierre is here has joined us on the podcast. Pierre. What's Pierre. Pierre. Yeah, Pierre. Exactly. All right. Well, still, still waiting on cow king eggs. Got got most of my uh, anteresia separated out, and a bunch of them have started eating. Pretty, pretty slick. You know, on their first nice. try. So, uh, it's a nice feeling when a, when an ant baby takes its first oh, meal. Yeah. So those uh, py- the pygmy pythons are probably the most difficult. They're kind of the standouts and require a little trickery or assisting or whatnot. The Western stems tend to be a little feisty, you know, finicky as well. But Mm -hmm. I found that boiled pinkies, uh, well, that sounds terrible, but taking a frozen thawed pinky or frozen pinky and (laughs) putting it in, in boiling water. That's the way that is done. Sorry uh, to my uh, sensitive like, friends out there, <laughs> including myself. No, no, you just boil it alive. So you yeah. record the
1: noise and then you play it back for the snake when you put lead. it in there. No.
0: Yeah, we're not talking about torture here. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, so a frozen pinky just put into boiling water and then it kind of. Semi cooks it, but yeah, those wheat belts love that stuff. So. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. It's been a just, and, and it's interesting is just the wheat belts kind of like all the others are like, man, nah, I'll pass on that. Is like it some like are just more that grondy, it's like nice and hot and like? I don't know. It might be. It might be just the temperature of it, but uh-huh. uh, or it kind of messes up the smell a little bit. You know, it kind mm. of cooks out the smell. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I definitely prefer a cooked, you know, steak over a raw steak. So, well, you know, maybe that's part of it. I mean, <laughs> you know. No. Anyway, they they seem to be getting better with the with the subsequent generations. Um, and maybe that leads us to our topic. What do hmm. you think? Do are tell. You re- are, are you ready to fight, Chuck?
1: Oh, come on, man! I come on here ready to fight you all the time.
0: <laughs> you are. You are a. a Very worthy opponent. Uh, I don't know about that. A capable
1: foe, if you will. (laughs) I, I, (laughs) no.
0: No, no, I don't know. Well, uh, well yeah, I mean, all those martial arts. Uh, <clears and laughs> you know. I was gonna say,
1: I, I, I'm, I'm easy prey. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a soft target for you.
0: You no. <laughs> you just lay over, <laughs> expose yeah, your it. belly.
1: Uh, you know. That's it. That's, it. that's <laughs> it. Eviscerate me.
0: I'm ready for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: Oh no! Nah. Take my lashes.
1: All right. But, uh, so, what are we fighting about? What? What? What the hell? What? Can,
0: if reptiles can be domesticated or not? <sighs> Yeah. Hmm. An interesting. Uh, I, this one kind of came up when I, I was listening to, uh, Will Filipec on, uh, Raleigh pythons radio. He was talking to Rob and Eric about, um, you know, trying to see if pythons could reproduce at any month of the year. Like if that's just a, something mm-hmm. that maybe ball pythons are in that class. And if that's something that can be, um, done, just, through domesticate, yeah, I don't, they didn't really, I think Will said he didn't believe that reptiles or ball pythons or whatever were domesticated. And, you know, I guess it depends on what kind of idea or, or theory of domestication you subscribe to. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I don't know. I thought it'd be a, an interesting topic to. All right. Let's flip about. the fucking coin. Let's see who's oh, going to do this. Let's whoa. go. E- oh, okay. All right. Call that heads. It is heads. You, my friend, are the winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Ooh, gosh. Yay now that i won, nay. I don't know what to do. Domestication mm. of reptiles. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll go
1: with a nay. I'll go with a okay. nay.
0: You don't think nay. that can Nay. Nay. Okay, Nay. horse boy, let's get this on. Oh man. Well, Nay. you
1: get it on you, I won, you
0: go. <laughs> I guess I go. Yeah. All right. I have been chucked. Um, okay, so domestication, right? What like just thinking about different uh species that have been domesticated and and kind of what the that that leads to. And I, and I think maybe there's kind of a category of domestication where or, or uh, part of domestication, where definitely some some types of reptiles could fall into at least this one criteria, which is that people have control of their reproduction. Um, you know, they're they're kind of dependent on people putting them together and and organizing their social structure. So, I guess that's one one criteria that you know humans are in charge of their their breeding structure. They're not. Uh, choosing their, their mate. And a lot of traits kind of find their way into that process. You know, we see different mutations. We see, um, maybe some unbiased selection where you're, you you don't really, you're not like saying, Oh, I'm going to pick this one because of this or that, or be, but it but it kind of goes along with other things you are picking, like pattern or color or, or sometimes we pick stuff that's a little more tame or or easy or that gets feeding easier, those kind of things. Or, so and then sometimes they come with things that are unanticipated um, that you just can't really quantify, I guess, um, but that uh, makes them more apt to domestication, so, something like taking you know, a wider range of prey items, things like that. And so I would probably use maybe like a hognose snake as an example. They they adapted pretty well to taking mice instead of toads. You know, they're not uh, as picky as their wild counterparts. Um, so that's kind of one area where some species of reptiles fall in with other domestic species. Over to you,
1: Chuck. (laughs) Oh, me. Oh, that was for me. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: I, you're the wait. Are you the one? Are you the one I'm fighting? I can't remember. Uh, Okay,
1: I just lay over on my
0: belly. (laughs) You're just over there on your belly.
1: Yep, (laughs) rip me me open. Me and Ruby are on the ground. (laughs) Dare me a new one. (laughs) All right, well, I mean, okay, so. You talk about domestication. You talk about control of reproduction, and and I mean, I, I I guess I guess when I think of kind of archetypal examples of domestication, you think of things like cattle, horses, hoof you know hoof stock, sure. dogs, cats. All they're all land mammals, right? You know, um, yeah. Uh, you know, so you know the idea that something much older, kind of much more ancient, you know, not as, you know, not, not, not in the same evolutionary, you know, timescale, a much older animal by arguably a more primitive, you know, animal, less of a more developed brain, maybe more simple of a functioning, you know, Brain, um, I you know, is it even possible for them to be domesticated on a level that would qualify by modern human standards of what we think of domestication? And I, I just, I, I, it would be hard for me to see them raised to that level. Um, you know, even if you could convince me, like, you could target train a snake, like. I'm not sure I'm still 100% buying, you know, that that is some indication of an ability to domesticate something if you can even reliably show that you're target training something. You know what I mean? Like these markers that people want to use to say, like, oh, look, I can, you know, I can do this and elicit this response, right? Like, um, yeah. And certainly, I mean, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No,
0: I, I was just going to say, <laughs> I, I think you're right. I mean, uh, if anything, you know, domestication of reptiles is in the infants, you know, the, yes. the infancy. There's, yes. there's not a lot of progress, and you know, there was no real need to, to most for, for domestication of reptiles because people in the past have mainly looked at food sources. Or sure. transportation, you know, the horse or you know cattle for food and horses for tran- and, and fu- transportation and food, you know, and, and, and or if or you and, for pulling things, you know, and kind. if
1: you look at how long people have been breeding hoofstock and canines and and you know mm-hmm. other you know mammals uh as for domestic uses or or for industrial you know like agricultural uses like it's been. Way longer than anybody's ever been breeding yeah. reptiles. Yeah, so, exactly. You know that that we've got that head start, and sure, and maybe that's a way to look to. But I, I totally agree with you. I, I just think it's so like, if if it's possible to domesticate them, we're so in an infancy with it that it mm-hmm. would be hard to like, you know, how do you measure that? How do you like sure. what yeah. what would what would that look like? And you know, obviously, like ball pythons are probably our best like thing to see what happens when we breed a bunch, you know, and, and clearly you kind of see this where the, the, you know, the mutations just start to show up all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's more and more, you know, and obviously like, you know, when you start making combinations, um, leading to new things and making more combinations. Um, but you know, I, I guess is that, is that domestication though?
0: Well, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a small part, you know, that, that artificial selection, um, by the humans, that's, that's part of the domestication process, I guess, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, comparing a- apples to apples, uh, that's the hard thing right here is because sure. I, I guess maybe dogs might fall into that because they weren't really domesticated for food. Like no, more, they were more like companionship. Yeah. Well, so, and kind I don't, pet, yeah, I don't, you know?
1: well, I, I mean, I think, I think most, I think, so if you look at most dog breeds up until fairly recently where we have these toy breeds or like these, like, mm-hmm petite yeah. dogs and stuff. Most dogs have a purpose or a function in the country of origin that they were bred. At they least, did at something. At least the original ones. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so, exactly. and so I think most people looked at canines like they looked at horses and other things like, Hey, this mm-hmm. is, this is an animal to be domesticated and used in, you know, the ranch or then, mm-hmm. you know, cattle or whatever, whatever they're doing. Um, you know, and I, and, I just don't I, – I don't see that application with reptiles, uh, so I don't – so, you know, it's well, – least it's,
0: at least that application. But the other yeah. application you were talking about, about like a little toy poodle to sit on your lap or whatever, I, I think maybe they might might be more comparable to that where we want something that's – tame, that's not going to bite us, that looks pretty, you know, that, that doesn't try to get away every time you get it out of its cage or doesn't try to bite you and things like that. And I think, you know, in some instances we're moving towards that something that's easy to breed in captivity, like, you know, well, I think, I think
1: our problem is that we have the tools and the knowledge as selective breeders to to move towards domestication, but I don't necessarily think that selecting for color and pattern over things like, you know, docile, docile, the docileness or how it feeds or, you know, other kinds of advantageous traits. um, Maybe that's a different way to look at how you select. And maybe we don't select that way. You know what I mean? Like,
0: I mean, I, I guess if, if it doesn't come along with, you know, the uh, an increased or, or at least a baseline good ability to breed in captivity is probably not going to get very far, even if right. it's the most desirable right. trait or look or whatever, or even a trait in a species that's not commonly bred or hasn't been bred in captivity long enough, you know, isn't, I, I guess, isn't as far on its way to domestication. I guess, I guess,
1: so. I guess you know, if, I, if I'm in a toilet swirling around, what I'm trying to say <laughs> is like, so. You know, like uh, we, we we use <sighs> oh, them we use it now, we use them <laughs> as kind of a hobby or like yeah. as as a as you know they don't they're not driven by things like agriculture and mm-hmm. you know human progress. they're more of a leisure thing and and thus i don't I just don't see them ever being. Well, well, okay. I guess I guess we have to talk about like I don't think they can be domesticated anyway, but if if a dog and a cat are domesticated and a horse and even a a sheep or a goat could be, you know, considered domesticated, then what's the threshold for for a reptile? How would you how would you? How would you measure that and like quantify it? And I guess that's what I'm kind of trying to get at is like, I'm not so sure that you can apply just like the, the, you know, taxonomy issue. I'm not sure you can apply the same standard over here as you can apply over here. If you want to get it, what domestication looks like, because I don't think domestication for a reptile looks the same as for, you know, uh, hoofstock mammal or something. Yeah, yeah. And
0: that, that's it's, what I'm that talking about. You know, sense. comparing apples to apples, you yes. know, we need to kind of define the criteria that would, would suggest something is domesticated like yes. a reptile versus... But would you agree that,
1: that, yeah. that, that, that I think that that crevasse is a little wide right now?
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. And again, I think it's at the beginning stages, but yeah. you know, maybe what traits would kind of get it pe- over the threshold maybe is kind of, and, and mm-hmm. where are, are they making those, uh, jumps now, you know, kind of looking at what defines, uh, a, a, there's, there's talk about like a reduced limbic brain in, in domestic animals. Like they'll compare a domestic dog with a wolf or a domesticated Mm -hmm. pig with a boar, you know, wild boar. Mm -hmm. And they, their, their brain is actually smaller. So, you know, being trained or, or being able to be trained or whatever, um, by, by humans or living with humans, I don't know that that's, you know, necessarily a good mark benchmark for domestication necessarily, because, Actually, domestic animals are maybe somewhat dumber than their wild counterparts. They don't need a larger brain to stay alive in the wild, right? They have it a lot right. easier in captivity. So they kind of lose the need for that part of their brain. And so they, their brain shrinks uh, dem- dem- demonstrably, <laughs> right? So that's uh, part of that. And, that, you know, I don't think we've necessarily seen that or or maybe even looked at that. And that probably takes, you know. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of years, millions of years. I don't know. Yeah. So we obviously we're we're not going to see that as a characteristic. But, you know, when you talk about um, domestic animals, you know, and and smarts or, or. ability to be trained. Yeah. You know, some dogs are still smart and can do a job and be trained, but yep. at the same time, they're kind of dumb, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're going yeah. like to get hit by a car or what I guess. Or don't do too,
1: listen but, yeah. or do whatever. And yeah, like yeah. Are, are just like horrible pets. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're just mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, this dog doesn't, it's not a good dog. Right. Yeah. You know, but yeah. it's still domesticated by all sure. measures of, you know?
0: Yeah. So, you know, we're going to have to look at different, um, aspects of of domestication to kind of find a, a category that reptiles could fit under because we're not trying to breed them for food so we don't care if their muscle mass is getting bigger or their you know yeah. that kind of thing but. You know, we're looking at them in the regards to pets, so maybe their reproductive strategy is is easier in captivity than it was when we brought them in. And ball pythons definitely fall under that, right? For sure. Yeah, they were almost impossible to breed back in the day when they were just imported from Africa and people were like – couldn't ever breed them they were the hardest thing to breed in captivity mm-hmm. back at the time and they were considered a trash snake you know and and then people like uh Barcheck and McCurley and all the those guys that were were breeding ball pythons or had some interest in ball pythons back then um you know where the bulk of people weren't really that interested in them um started producing some shiny you know animals then they found a way and and now breeding is commonplace and Mm -hmm. anybody can breed a ball python you know especially one that's been captive bred and and over multiple generations and i guess that that's
1: another that's another kind of question mark on it is is you know is domestication just a matter of like number of captive generations under your belt or is or is or do you have to really like no you have to to do, you know, there has to be, the animal has to demonstrate something, you know, mm-hmm. a behavioral return on something to show, um, you know, that it's, it's able to do something it didn't used to be able to do, sure. you know, like a progression, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I just the, the, don't the see that. that-
0: the thing that sparked this was kind of the discussion on, you know, if pythons can breed any month of the year, right, in mm-hmm. captivity. If, if you can set it up, like with ball pythons, you know, clutches have been recorded in every month of the year. And the mm-hmm. question was, do they do that anyway? But I, I believe there's distinct seasonality in Africa where you know in the yeah, sure. they have a wet and a dry well, season they uh, have a reproductive yeah, season uh, and it's all tied to natural events and things like that so And look man to me it's just like
1: you know when you have animals outside and i've got you know a couple of pairs of animals in cages outside yeah. you pay attention to what the Weather is like day to day and you really realize, holy crap, these things actually go through, you know, oh, wow. in the I winter, I would sure. say they have an, ex- even in San Diego, probably the mildest, you know, winter in in North America, except for maybe, you know, Florida. south of us a little, yeah. but, you know, th- th- they still go through a very, very pronounced seasonal you know, drop. That's a very clear signal to them. So that's not a surprise or a great leap for me to think that when you bring them in and breed them under a couple of generations, that they lose that sensitivity to that signal and become like, Oh, this can happen anytime. Okay. Anytime. And then it's just a matter of like when the male's there and the cycle starts, you know what I mean? Just the cueing, from the male, rather from Matt, rather than from the season, because you've kind of said, "No, nope, this signal is kind of quiet. You this don't need to worry about this." Getting, yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. You don't need to worry about this, and I think that's. I don't know if that's a function of
0: domestication, would, though, or I would if characterize that's characterize that as a part of, I, and, especially and in this so. regard, like in in breeding of pets or you know produ- production of pets, you're you're helping that. Area when you're able to breed any time of the year and when the reproduction gets easier, you know, in progressively easier in captivity um, compared to the, you know, bringing in a wild counter. Yeah. I, things like
1: so. That. So I will agree with you. I think I think it is. I think it's a component of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a part of it. I don't think it can um,
0: define the whole, yes. you know, saying yeah. this is yeah. you know, well, the. Do you know, it's, it's yeah.
1: domesticated. It's yeah,
0: yeah. And I mean, we don't see, you know, huge variations in size and, and things like that because um, I think a lot of times we, you know, I guess with males, we maybe, you know, pr- try to breed those early, but it seems like wild imports often come in. Gravid at very small sizes, that we mm-hmm. go. Wait a second! I thought they had to be two thousand grams before I could even put a male with. Me. Yeah, that's are thing.
1: Five years old and they're that yeah, size. Yeah, exactly. They're probably fine to breed.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we, we, you know, being yeah. able to, I, I think that was another criteria that's talked about with with domesticated species is that they have a relatively rapid rate of reproduction that they can get to reproductive, uh, size or capacity very, fairly quickly. And and so they've like been reproductively
1: optimized basically by people. Exactly.
0: Yep and and I and I don't know you know it's kind of chicken and egg thing which which came first were they selected because they mature faster and
1: mm-hmm. breed
0: you know because out of how many you know how many large hoof stock are there in the world you know 100 yeah. 200 species or whatever and how many have been domesticated maybe right a dozen you know not a lot so yeah. it's why Compared were those others speaking. domesticated yeah. why didn't we d- just domesticate buffalo and not right. just kill them off why didn't we just right. make those the new cow that were better suited to the land and probably more efficient another thing is efficiency you know and reptiles of course are very efficient at uh you know they can reproduce with fairly limited um input i guess mm-hmm. you'd say so mm-hmm. um you're not having to well, at least some species, I, you know, yeah. of course, this depends on a lot of different factors, but that was another one that they're there. Uh, and again, that's mainly for food items, you know, what you're trying to eat. And so mm-hmm. that doesn't really apply to reptiles. And I don't, I don't know if we have like a domestication category for reptiles or, or a well-defined because we just haven't, nobody's tried to domesticate reptiles, at least to my knowledge, maybe alligators could alligators be considered domestic because they've been bred to, for, for skins, you know, crocodiles and alligators. I mean, I I mean, we'd have to, (laughs) I'd have to look at some literature to see, you know, if they, if they're changing in their reproductive strategy or if you can get, you know, babies and eggs and things like that out of them more frequently, or if they just wild animals in a box, you know, because I, I don't think, that, that necessarily, just because you can breed them in captivity, that doesn't make them domestic. Mm-hmm. Or just because you can tame them down, tameness does not equal domestication, right? So something has to change between their wild counterparts and yeah. them, you know.
1: It, so, to me, it, domestication is a change from their wild type to something that serves a purpose to humans. Mm-hmm. It has to serve a purpose to humans. And so I guess you could say that reptiles do such in, you know, a, you know, casual enjoyment uh, manner, you know?
0: Yeah, like a toy poodle. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Cockapoo. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, and... Obviously, that's kind of a byproduct of another domestication event in, in the dog. And, and the dogs probably hung out with humans looking, you know, took advantage of humans where they for sure. kind of fed on their way, you know, yeah. the, the byproducts and things and, and kind of hung out because they were getting free meals. And then over yep. time, I'm sure that's exactly how it
1: started is yeah. they got used the food to get them to come in and started to form a relationship. And
0: mm-hmm. And they stole
1: some puppies, and
0: yeah, and now yeah. they're genetically distinct from the their ancestors where mm-hmm. the, they came from, you know the wolf mm-hmm. or whatever that they were domesticated from, and so they're no longer wolves you know and 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 we haven't definitely haven't seen that in reptiles, although we you know I don't know if anybody's compared you know wild leopard gecko with their uh captive counterpart and compared the gen I, i'm sure there'd be plenty of genetic changes yeah and, and 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 whether or not those genetic changes mean anything you know that would be kind of hard to say uh without an extensive knowledge of the you know leopard gecko genome we may we may have the leopard gecko genome i don't know i, I imagine you know there's a few that have been sequenced as far as captive reptiles and, and that would probably be a very good uh candidate for that okay. <laughs> so that'd be an interesting comparison to see if you know you see uh huge differences in in the genes of, of a captive versus a wild leopard gecko and mm-hmm. and and obviously we've we've found that uh there are some genetic distinctness between different leopard gecko species and that that those were not known at the time of bringing them into captivity. And so different species have been kind of mishmashed and, and mixed together. Uh, So, you know, that, that could play a role in that as well. So, you know, I guess defining a change that has some kind of measurable, uh, phenotypic characteristic, uh, you know, that's, that's difficult to do, but yeah, uh, somebody like Ben could probably do that. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, that's just kind of the, the thoughts on that, you know, there is some kind of genetic change that, uh, occurs that separates them from their wild counterparts. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I just, I mean, it's, you know, you just think about dogs and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and just how long dogs have been, you know, with humans. I, it's just, I just think that, yeah, you know, yes, it's a function of environment, but it's also just a function of time and generations. And, yeah. Um, you know, those, those types of genes don't change like that
0: overnight. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes there can be more rapid changes, but we're Mm -hmm. talking, you know, probably decades rather than, although there was that study on those lizards on the Island where they stuck some lizards on an Island and, and, and then there was like a, a war in, in the Soviet Union area or something, and they weren't able to access the Island. They came back like 10 years later and the lizards had adapted and, and like, taken over a vegetarian lifestyle their whole intestinal tract had changed in in size and shape and to to digest plants versus you know bugs because there weren't a lot of bugs on the island something like that where mm-hmm. they saw those you know physical phenotypic changes in a relatively short amount of time and you know i guess that the old saying nature finds a way you know mm-hmm. uh, dr malcolm <laughs> so yeah yeah so you know i think some changes probably could happen relatively rapidly or they just die out you know so um what that could how that could translate to captive animals is probably you know difficult to say um especially in regards to this discussion but i don't know yeah i mean it's what we the the dog and i think what Fifteen thousand years ago, they figure that mm-hmm. the dog kind of sep- you know was started the domestication process. So they've got about uh, fifteen fourteen thousand five hundred year <laughs> fourteen thousand eight hundred year jump on us. I don't know if we've been breeding ball pythons for a hundred years even. So yeah. fourteen thousand nine hundred and fifty year jump on us. So yeah, who knows what will happen in another fourteen thousand years? But <laughs>
1: You know, Maybe I mean, all those snakes on YouTube that have arms and legs drawn on them will actually have arms and legs at that point. And they'll be go. walking around with a little top hat yeah. doing all the shit that we do to them that yep. reptile people hate. They'll and, just do it on their own.
0: And they will be derpy and they will let everybody beat yeah. their snoots because their brains have shrunk, you know, yeah. from domestication. They, exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, and and then they will cry out this are you not entertained? This is not. <laughs> this is not what. This you wanted. is
0: what you wanted, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. man, yeah. yeah so <laughs> the uh, could happen. I mean, I'm just saying. Hey, hey, uh, you know, if we're around in fifteen thousand years to see, you know, we'll, we'll, that'll be. Uh,
1: Boy, I'll okay. definitely be the get off my
0: lawn guy by then. <laughs> fifteen, <laughs> we'll be heads in jars, like on Futurama yeah. or something. Yep. <laughs> Oh boy, these are the two grumpiest
1: men on the <laughs>
0: snakes with legs.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: This <laughs> is the grumpiest
1: them. two men with their heads in jars.
0: <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, um, I don't know what other what other thoughts do you have on this? I, I think you know. I think about chickens. Uh, <clears> again, that's for. For food, you know, we're mm-hmm. using them for their eggs, but they can pump out eggs like nobody's business. Now,
1: so, I think you know. there may be <clears throat> there may be a case for like venom extraction, where you're using mm-hmm. a, an, a, a snake to extract for venom, so it has a, a use. Now, I don't know what domestication, you know, would of that would look like, but that's definitely a good example of a reptile that's, you know directly being manipulated by people for a human gain.
0: Sure. Um, I I would expect you would see probably increased venom production. You know, they could produce venom quicker than their counterparts. Um, you might see however changes in the venom, which could not be, Good. So there would have to be some selection. So you keep the venom so it protects against, you know, mm-hmm. produces antibody to protect against the wild uh, vent and venomation uh, events. Um, yeah, maybe they they have babies that produce more venom and, you know, you you, you kind of have that selection for the ones because uh, you're going to, you know, try to pay more attention or, or try to feed one that produces a lot of venom more frequently. So it keeps producing venom and you can keep extracting those kinds of Yeah. Parts. And so, I, I
1: think, I venom. think if you, you know, as a keeper, Oh
0: my Lord, stop it. Stop it. Chiming. I'm trying to talk over chiming. here. <laughs> Chime on. in from Ruby. He Hold got, on. Got got I got to have I have gotta take encounter. care.
1: of miss no respect <laughs> over here.
0: There you go. But yeah, I I do think that you know having having that uh, you know increased uh, production, I guess they could be considered a production animal in some regards. You know, yeah, and
1: I I mean, um, I think if you look at the way they keep in those facilities to keep the animal optimal, you could look at that as manipulating their environment to optimize them for, you know, and in future generations, their body becomes optimized because of those conditions. I, I totally see a path where you could make a case for them, you know, um, you know, being, um, you know, domesticated, uh, for, for, you know, more output of, of, anti-venom or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: 15,000 years, they're going to have giant heads. Yes. Like gallon tanks of (laughs) venom, you know, attached on either side. Ah, Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, a limited reversion where if you take a domestic uh, ball python that's been produced in captivity over successive generations, and then you put it back in the wild, is it able to kind of take hold or, Is it just going to die out because it's, it's that, uh, instinct, whatever you want to call it or, or knowledge or whatever to, to survive in the wild or the genetic basis to survive in the wild is kind of bred out of it. It didn't need it over so many generations that it just doesn't have it anymore and it can't compete with its wild counterparts. And you think about dogs, like there are feral dogs, but they still kind of are dependent on humans to survive And you
1: know, you know I kind of wonder about that stuff too where they're always like well if you know if domestic animals got loose they wouldn't make it because yeah but there's like if of a ball python or any any animal gets loose in an area that is not for it it didn't didn't develop in that nipper then yeah. it's 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 an invasive species right and if there's mm-hmm. enough of those little fuckers then they're going to they're going to breed and they're going to and if there's nothing there to check them uh it, you know from a predator predation standpoint then of course they're going to do good so i don't always like buy that whole like you know yeah, I I mean they're never reaper, they're they should, never they'll never survive back in the wild. I well,
0: I mean you look at goats or something and goats are, you know, they yeah. you can tell when <laughs> I remember driving through uh Western Australia and all of a sudden we get to this area that's just like completely devoid of plants and like all the tree it's just like a wasteland and you're like what happened why is this so and then all of a sudden you see a herd of goats run across the street you're like oh okay that makes sense they just eat everything you know everything not but there's but they've kind of lost that balance you know so they can survive they can get around and eat food and, and destroy the land but Eventually, that would probably be to their demise. You know, if there weren't people to cull them or whatever, they're probably going to starve to death down the road. If well, I mean, well, yeah. oh, don't or, do it. Or kind of revert back to the wild state. And that's kind of the idea is if they have a limited reversion where they can't revert back to that wild state, you know, if even like a feral pig is still – a pig genetically and you know it's not it it doesn't go back to being a boar or a dog doesn't go back to being a wolf you know they can't go hunt in packs and stuff although they kind of can i guess so interesting i don't know in fact though plants are
1: polyploidic Uh so they can actually when they some plants when they're when they're really stressed they can actually rapidly shed their genome back to a a primitive state
0: really yeah huh that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I I think uh, there there's definitely ways for nature to kind of take that foothold back. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And and again, you know, nature finds a way. I don't think any of these things are 100%, you know, despite um the common phrase a 100%. Yeah. You know? right.
1: And and like and now now that I'm saying plants, like we domesticate plants and what does oh, domestication yeah. of plants mean? You know what I mean?
0: Genetically altering them so they can grow in the presence of Roundup. They're domesticated. <laughs> I mean,
1: that's one. That's
0: one. No, like, like changing them from. I mean, if you look at the original maize, it's it's nothing similar yeah. to the com, you know the the corn that we produce now the, in taste and size and yeah. structure and you know.
1: Yeah, uh, and you know, I mean and now so now stuff. we're actually altering stuff at the at like you had already yeah. said the genomic level. So it's like. You yeah.
0: know, but but I mean, we've kind of been doing that the slow way for correct. millennia. you know, correct. right. I remember reading a great book. Uh, what's his name? Uh, starts with a B like Borman or something like that. I can't remember his name. Anyway, he he was out working with wheat, um, doing experiments with wheat, trying to grow shorter Thicker stocks, so they didn't blow over in high mm-hmm. winds. You know, they're, they're disease resistant. So he's selecting strains that would not get infected by these different, uh, uh, fungal pathogens of, of wheat. And it was really cool. And he developed all these great strains and, and was trying to, you know, basically give them away to other nations to let them see the benefits of this, you know, get by this wheat, But then they, nah, I don't, you know, we don't want to use your American wheat or whatever. Yeah. And they had famines and stuff. He's like, I tried to give you a good wheat. <laughs> you know, and the people who took the wheat, you know, had much better crop and yield and, and uh, less loss from disease and and uh, nature, you know, sure. storms and stuff. So kind of cool. But yeah, over over successive, you know, generations, crossbreedings, things like that. You know, I, you know, I wonder too with all the hybridization. I, I guess hybridization is still probably generally frowned on. So we're not like creating some super pet reptile by crossing different species, trying to get the The best, you know, (laughs) reptile or just. Yeah. But, but I mean, if you think about
1: dogs, like they cross species of dogs, what does that,
0: what does that really mean at this point in. Well, dogs dogs. are all the same species, you know, getting like ball python morphs, you're getting dog morphs, you know, mutations that you're breeding other mutations, you know. But I, I don't know yeah what that looks like in reptiles, you know what I mean? You know
1: what I'm saying? Like- yeah,
0: yeah. Because I, I guess there is kind of that similarity with ball python mutations and morphs where you're – it's all the same species but there's a huge variety in appearance and pattern and color and things. But they all have – basically have the same shape and function and you, mm-hmm. know, you might have some other unanticipated changes like a duck bill or – you know, loss of their eyes or something that goes along or a curly tail or, you know, things like that, that kind of, and some of those are documented as, as uh, domestication changes, like a curly tail, you know, you'll see. Uh, a, a, a domesticated dog will have a curly tail, or a pig will have a curly tail versus their wild counterparts. Hmm. I don't think boars have curly tails, right? So anyway, um, curly tails are kind of one of those things. Droopy ears, you know, that droopy doesn't to, ears doesn't apply to most reptiles. Doesn't apply <laughs> there aren't to most external reptiles. External ears I, that I yeah. can think of in reptiles, but especially droopy ones. Exactly. So it's hard to use those, you know. Uh, Definitions for our, our reptiles, but uh, yeah, I, I droopy, think if, we're gonna have
1: droopy ears when we get really old.
0: Yeah, when, when we're, we're domesticated <laughs> yeah. in 15,000 years, yeah. all humans are gonna have droopy ears because really, really we've lost our our wild ways. We've really lost the, droopy ears, we're getting dumber, <laughs> our brains are yes. shrinking, we're not gonna have yeah. the will to survive in the wild. So, yes. if things get tough, you know. Um, we'll just be heads in jars with droopy ears <laughs> and piebald do, they,
1: do the ears stay in the jar or like
0: <laughs> are they, are they like do they droop outside so we yeah, can Yeah they hear, like hear up what's and being out said. It's like they're Look out hideous they <laughs> he has yeah. no droopy ears he must yeah. be really old <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know so yeah i guess they're humans domesticated <laughs> we're not <sighs> that's a Who are we, who are we working for then? I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Who are we working for? The government, the government's trying to domesticate us. Oh my God. yeah. I think our limbic system is, is firmly intact and as evidenced by, you know, all the, the, um, limbicking limbicking out there. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly, clearly, um, yeah, I don't. I, I can't think of anything else I think on that's this topic. It. But yeah. if anything, we're in the beginning stages. And but I uh, think I mean, that's definitely the takeaway you, here. But maybe on the path, I, I think it's conceivable. Here he that we goes could be with this the path bullshit. Towards, oh boy. Uh, okay. All right. Well. <laughs> now look,
1: see. Now I paused him. He like he was gearing up, dude. He was like revving the engine. He peeled out, and then he hit that, and now he stopped. <laughs> And now uh, he's trying hey, to get the truck to going. If you don't hear
0: it, no, it's, it's, I'm just <laughs> saying it just seems like that's what just happened. I'm just
1: pointing it out for the audience in case they didn't catch it.
0: Oh boy, throwing me <clears> under <throat> the bus like that. No, I I no, I think, think I there's drove, a there's a I drove ca- over you with the bus. There's a there's a case to be made that you know, we're on the path of domestication. That things are getting easier to breed in captivity. They're they're being maybe less uh similar to their wild counterparts in some ways especially over successive generations um you know we're actually producing different species through hybridization you know pretty much once you take something out of the wild your your the natural system where it lived is not having influence over it so you're basically changing it from the get-go you know you're you're the one selecting not nature anymore so yeah, I guess in that regard, it's on the path to domestication, mm-hmm. or at least taming. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Taming's not domestication, but <sighs> or not taming. I don't know. Maybe some still retain their wild state. In well,
1: I mean, taming. I think taming is part of domestication, just like <laughs> reproductive control is part of domestication. Sure. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think Di- uh,
0: different uh, behavior shrinking of the and...
1: brain domestication.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess until we, we see those things, to. we probably can't say they're domestic. So I, I guess technically you might win this one, but uh, yay! then again, you won the coin toss. so That's right. You, do. you took the easy one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't take the easy one. <laughs> I was kind of worried about this one because I
1: kind of think you could probably make a decent argument for it, but you didn't. Which I think I did. All right, uh, maybe you did. I'm just not trying to I give you credit with some, in the end. So came I, I look better.
0: Facts here. You
1: did. No, it was good. It was good. Right. I, I think. Right. You know. I think again. I think. You know, you have to kind of know the the audience that you're talking about, um, and and obviously, like as discussed, you know, plants plants have uh, pl- plants have their kind of nipper and and uh, domestication, and you know, animals like hoof stock and, uh, dogs and cats and they have theirs. Um, so I, I guess you just, I just kind of have to figure kind of need to figure where they fit reptiles fit in. And then are we talking like, you know, each individual species being domesticated or is there a marker, you know, for, um, like, do we start a pool? Like these species have been domesticated and these haven't and what's the, you know, like then it kind of gets into like, the weed. Like yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're almost like because you're right. It's easy because it's just like mostly dogs, cats. I mean, we've got you know, I don't know if wild hamsters are crazy, but you know what I'm saying. Not so <laughs> I bad. always
0: wondered how wild, me, pretty
1: hamsters,
0: too. wild hamsters, wild hamsters, get along. I mean, I've I've worked with a lot of captive hamsters, and they're. Mean motherfuckers, huh? Uh, not re- Like, I don't know. I think they're all bluff. Like, they do bluff yeah. pretty good. They, okay. they act like they're really tough, but they're actually kind of dopey. They, I don't kind know how dopey. they survive. I think they just have so much skin that, you know, a predator can't can't grab, <laughs> really? a grab on them. <laughs> gets them in there, and it's just so chewy. Yeah.
1: It's like bubble gum, <laughs> yeah. and they're just like, God, I can't. This is too, this <laughs> it's just just too fatty too too for, for Too me. much skin. Uh, spit yeah, It's exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: just kind of... Uh, shakes it off. The saliva <laughs> walks yeah. off like, okay.
0: uh-huh. have you ever seen a hamster swim? They can actually inflate. I have their- to be
1: honest and say no,
0: <laughs> no, they can actually inflate their cheek pouches. Like they have these huge, you know, yeah. cheek where they can just shove an immense amount of food, but they actually inflate those with air and they act like little, little tanks of oxygen. You know, I, I saw a, a skeletal like, uh, work up at one of the natural history museums and they had the the cheek pouches that were like in the inflated mode and they were huge. Like compared to the body of the hamster, it was like having a couple oxygen tanks on their back. It was pretty crazy. So I wonder if they can use that to dive down, you know, and have a, an oxygen supply, stay underwater for a couple hours or something. But it's pretty comical. So if you ever find yourself, saying if you have a hamster, throw it in the you pool. you yourself
1: out <laughs> in the middle of the ocean with a Grab couple dozen hamsters. hamsters, you, <laughs> you heard it here squeeze, first, folks. Squeeze
0: them and breathe yes. in the air. Yes, yeah.
1: Tie them off and then <laughs> tie them to your tie them to your shirt, oh, and boy. you can float all the way home.
0: Oh man, now we're gonna get the hamster crowd upset. Oh, oh my, my god, god. I'll <laughs> handle the, the hamster, hamster crowd,
1: <laughs> buddy. Don't worry, <laughs> I got it.
0: You got the hamster enthusiasts. Oh my gosh. Uh, we're just alienating one group at a time. Yep. We're coming for we, you next, we, durable community. Yeah, yeah, we're the we're the soul
1: we're the soul slinger of mud in the alienation of
0: uh,
1: non non uh, reptile enthusiasts of of our same.
0: I've got a I've got a lot of. Uh, hamsters waiting for me on the other yeah. side with a big out, complaint like, this, this guy there. this yeah. guy, he infected us with no. Okay,
1: now all the hamsters yeah. are going to bite you
0: yeah, that's true the worst thing they do is that squirt that butter urine stuff on you, that's nasty but... Anyway, enough about anyway. hamsters on this reptile podcast. I, must I remind you always that this is not a hamster podcast, that we need to get back to the reptiles. But have you right. seen their <laughs> cheeks? They're huge. <laughs> All right. Well, Carpet Fest is coming up fast. If you're listening to this, you are probably already missed it. So I don't know if there's any use in talking about it on here, but I'm excited to report back. The shenanigans, the the good times. I plan to do a double gainer off of Eric's house into the no. pool. Oh, no, oh yes, he can't stop me. No, if he doesn't have my t-shirt, I'm doing a double no. gainer into the pool. No, <laughs> holding hands. Godfather told
1: me to say Brandon no, <laughs> and I'm Don't
0: bringing as many it. animals as I please. He can't oh, stop me. Oh No, no. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So you're going to
1: be restrained by the Wookiee.
0: Yep, The Mac yep. and Wookiee will. Yep, It's all fun and games until
1: you're hog tied and on the ground <laughs> by the Mac and Wookiee. It's
0: all fun and games until the Mac and Wookiee takes you out. That's right. And then he sits on sleep.
1: you with his ripe, <sighs> pungent smell. That's right. I had is something Mac really. His Mac sorry. and Musk.
0: I had something exciting to report and I was all, what the I was all stoked to like and then bring you it up forgot. on the podcast and I forgot what it was. I forgot what it was. I'm an old man. I'm yeah, me it. too. I'm losing it. No, nah, it's okay. But what do you do? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anything to throw out there? Mm-mm. No?
1: Oh, no, I'm lame I, sauce.
0: I put up a I put up a little uh, you know, one of those YouTube shorts. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been putting those up weekly. So, you know, if you <laughs> want to check out JG Julander on YouTube, go, go check it out and you can, but I've been trying to do like a weekly YouTube short with, and I'm, I call it herping shorts just to put up little herp videos, you know, herping videos. And, uh, um, you know, the, the, the shorts are kind of in the, the vertical orientation, rather the horizontal, most of the video I take has been horizontal. So I converted a few of those horizontal to vertical and put up a, a short video clip of a little uh, Willard, Willard Eye, uh, Ridge Nose Rattlesnake. from Eye. Willard Eye. Not Willard Eye, Willard Eye, because I, I haven't met many Will, Willards, only Willards. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> this Willard video, it got like 2,400 views in like one day. Like, wow, and, and the most any of my videos have gotten is like you know maybe nine hundred or something over several weeks and this one got like twenty five hundred in a day so I don't know what happened but yeah it kind of it went viral well maybe very maybe. very very small scale viral yeah. yeah reptile community viral or non uh oh, what's the What's the dingus's name? He it it, it t- went t- communicable.
1: Show. It wasn't quite viral yet. <laughs> no, yeah. it, it got around, but it didn't <laughs> it's, take it's, off.
0: It's air bar, airborne. Yeah, it's airborne. It's not, you know, <laughs> not, not highly viral. contagious. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. yeah it well, hasn't
0: made the jump yet. I think that's
1: fair. I think you can talk about that in, in, in you know, virology yeah. terms. Yeah,
0: it's vector born right now. There it's you go. There it. you go. I you like gotta, that. You got to like. have the correct vector to get it. I don't know how that stuff works, but it's it's you know kind of kind of fun, kind of dumb. I I put up a video the week before of like a sagebrush lizard, and it, I think it got like thirty views or something. So I don't know. People aren't as excited about a sagebrush lizard as they are about a wiladi. Well, when you say it like that, <sighs> I know you got. Yeah, maybe I need my Attenborough. Attenborough voice. Bruh. Not Attenborough. No, out Atten- here, out in California, you call it What's attenborough? up, Attenborough? Hey, Attenborough. Up, How you doing? That's hey, what we need is, is the, the, uh, the Attenborough dude. Today. The California
1: Attenborough. <laughs> hey, bro, what hey, you doing? Hey, this is Davey, Davey Attenborough. Check I out my like, video, I feel man. like Davey Attenborough hangs out with Trevor the Naked Herper.
0: <laughs> There we go. I think we have I a niche, like a nipper for our, yeah. for our future and bro and, herping and Trevor, This yeah. is Davey Attenborough mm. coming at you. Oh my From God. the wilds of Arizona, check out this Willard Eye. <laughs> there we go. Uh, a new, a new. I uh, I started listening to this podcast. It's been around for forever. It's comedy, bang bang. But they they do these stupid like uh, I don't know like Skis. voices and like yeah, yeah personalities and they had a they had a David Attenborough uh, Attenborough um, mimic or whatever some guy yeah. that was like. The, he was he was like a fourteen year old, but he spoke just like David Attenborough. He's one of like their their family relatives. It was hilarious. It just like funny. the guest on the podcast approaches the microphone. <laughs> it was pretty good. Anyway, I've been listening to way too much of that. Oh, funny guys. Well, I don't know. Yeah, check out my YouTube page. Throw a couple more likes on there for the Willati. And maybe the sagebrush lizard, too, while you're at it. Something yeah, like pump those numbers.
1: Come that on, poor man. sagebrush lizard, do you yeah, know how he feels about himself right now? They're, they're yeah. Cool Seriously, lizards. come on. This is how we validate ourselves <laughs> there he in, in the modern world. I, I'm and not so much a concerned sagebrush for myself. Lizard needs
0: it too. I just I'm concerned yeah. for the sage. He's looking yeah. at those numbers going, yep. what's wrong with me? He probably looked what, at what's that. What's wrong
1: with me? He saw that picture and he was like, Duck lips.
0: Mm. There you go. And, and then
1: and then he was like looking at it and he's like, What the fuck? Thirty. Thirty. Thirty, really? That's bullshit. And
0: Willardy gets. Yeah. <laughs> he he's trying to eat me over here, and I get.
1: And he sounds funny. Say. His name sounds funny. That's right. So, Willardy. The Willardy. Whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Who who knows? But I'm gonna keep throwing up some fun stuff, you know, here and there. Cool. Uh, yeah. Well. Um, uh, you can check out my Instagram page too. It's the same same name, J.G. Uh Throw up my I, I just pretty pretty much put pictures of reptiles and and birds, mostly wild. A couple of captives thrown in here and there, but mostly wild stuff. And uh, Chuck Norris wins if you want to check out Chuck's stuff on. Yeah, it's all you know, over the freaking place. It's
1: all over the map, man. Yeah, you don't. You never yep. know what you're it's getting. A from Chuck. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. It <laughs> but is, but it's
0: it's fun. I like to yeah. keep up with Chuck, see what see what's going through his mind. You know what's going on. You're one of the few who can still keep up with him, Justin. <laughs> I don't know him. about that. I can I can uh, try, but you, you're 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 going along at a pretty good clip, Chuck. Hard <sighs> to keep hard to keep up with you. It
1: doesn't feel
0: that way. <laughs> uh, all right, well, get out herping, go out do some fun stuff. Wait. Oh, shoot. It's like right on the tip of my tongue, that really cool thing that I was going to report here. I'll have to figure it out anyway. Um, All right, well, I guess that's it. (laughs) What a kind of a lame ending here, but (laughs) we're going to give a shout-out to the Podfather. Get well, man. You need to breathe. Poor Eric, he's having struggles breathing. I think we need to, like, you know figure out some lung donors at uh, Carpet Fest and at least get him one good lung you know where where he can breathe and not have some asthma issues but hope you're feeling better Biggie we'll see you in a a week (laughs) Um, other than that uh, thanks to Moralia Pythons Radio for hosting our little show our little wingding here and thanks for listening to Reptile Fight Club catch you again later
1: Wow, your hamster cheeks are huge.